Hello and welcome to episode 465 of the Perceptive Photographer podcast being released on February 5th, 2024. I am your host, Daniel Gregory. I hope you are having a wonderful, amazing, spectacular day, week, month, year, whatever you're having. I hope it's going well. Things are going well up here in the studio. We almost have our new roof. They finally have scheduled it. So the leaky buckets I have in the background that cause the occasional drip, drip, drip sound and my audio recordings and video recordings will hopefully be gone here shortly, so I'm excited about that. But that is neither here nor there for today's topic. Before we jump into today's topic, though, I did want to let everybody know I do have a bunch of workshops up on my website at danieljgregory.com, including I had somebody talk me into going back to the Palouse this year. We're going to go in July 7th, come back on July 12th. I'll pick you up in Seattle, drive you out there, do all the driving, bring you back. We're going to stay in Colfax this time, right in the heart of the Palouse. So if you're interested, head up to my website. It's the number one workshop under the workshop and education tab. So make sure you check that out. Also up there, the online critique class. I've got platinum palladium printing. I've got the meaningful image. I've got all sorts of workshops up there right now. So make sure you check those out. It's sort of ironic for me today because a lot of what I deal with when I'm mentoring and coaching people is coming up with the precision of language about our photographs, what our photographs mean, how they apply to us, and how do we then describe those photographs so that our visual and verbal language come together. I only toss that out there because I've had a really hard time coming up with a succinct way of describing today's podcast. So what we're talking about today, though, is the interesting point of pressure, point of presence when we're making photographs between the recognition of I'm taking the photograph and the brain's decision of what's going to happen with that photograph. And so I wanted to talk briefly about that today because I think it's an interesting, like I said, pressure point, flex point, break point cause of tension for a lot of us in our photographic practice. We try to understand things sometimes I think a little early in our creative process. And while it doesn't always happen, I do think it can happen more often than not where it actually becomes sort of an interruption. So one of the things that I think is sort of interesting is we're out photographing. And I think there's two sort of important questions that come up when we're clicking the shutter. And not just randomly clicking, not just walking down the street and pushing buttons and hoping something shows up in the camera. But when we're coming out with a little bit more sort of process intention with that, that we need to have the presence of mind to understand the moment of the shutter click, the moment of pushing the shutter. And I don't mean we need to understand the photograph. We don't need to understand all the complexity of it. We don't need to necessarily understand the nuance of it, the meaning of it, the purpose of it. We'll get to that in a second. But we do have to have the presence of mind to understand the click of that shutter. And I think that sort of boils down into, well, I think it boils down to a number of different things, but two key questions there, two key elements that come into play that I think can help us better understand making more meaningful clicks and by extension, more purposeful clicks and hopefully a higher enjoyment rate, a higher success rate with the type of images we take. I think number one, we need to understand what caught our eye. What is the thing that drew my attention? What is the thing that pulled me into wanting to actually put the camera up to my eye? Now that might be a moment it might be a gesture, it might be a certain subject matter, it might be a certain subject. There's a lot of things that might have me want to pick up that camera and sort of point it in a certain direction. But I think the other question that's really important there, and this is, I think the what catches my eye, most of us can do. I think most of us are like, oh, I saw this and I thought it was cool. I saw a bird, I saw a person, I saw a little kid on the swing that I had a, was smiling and giggling really loud. And I thought it was a, a beautiful expression, whatever it is. My dog was running in the park, it doesn't matter. We know the what caught our eye. But the question of how it caught our eye, 
I think that's a really important question in that sort of formulating the presence of mind to the reason for the click. And so if we're looking at something and we see how it caught our eye, the quality of light, for example, the moment of gesture, for example, the arrangement of composition. But if we understand how it caught our eye, that might lead us to better framing the photograph because we're then going to be able to accentuate the thing that touched us. Because there's the what, the subject matter, the thing that's out there in the photograph. But then there's also the why that became interesting, how that became interesting. And rather than delve on the why is it interesting, which I think is a post-clicking process in a lot of ways. I mean, there's times I think it fits up there earlier, but most times the why comes oftentimes later. But the how it caught my eye. What is it when you were walking by that made you recognize that moment? And I think for a lot of us, it comes down to things like light, gesture, form, texture, line, the things that make up composition. But then when we compose the photograph, when we frame the photograph, we end up not accentuating the thing that caught our eye, the how it caught our eye element. When we get back to then look at the photograph later, we're like, wow, that doesn't feel right. That's not what I sort of remember being the experience of their taking the photograph. Now, in some cases, we may recognize the how it caught our eye and realize that, wow, the light caught my eye. And if I move three more steps to the right, it really catches my eye. It was a flittering, a flittering glimpse of connection. But we got that even stronger by sort of working the elements within that frame to make them stronger. But again, we recognize the what, and then we recognize the how. Now, the piece of this that I think is sort of interesting is as we make that click and we come back and we're looking at those photographs later, whether you're processing film, looking at them on contact sheets on the light table, processing digitally, whatever you're doing, but we come back that we then have to have the presence of mind to figure out that photograph. Oftentimes, I think we rely on this process of if I make a good photograph in camera and then I come back and look at it later, all of the information about it sort of clicks and gels. It's just a good photograph. I know how it fits in the body of work. I know how it fits with these different things, these different elements. But the reality is oftentimes we make photographs that we don't necessarily fully comprehend their purpose, their intention, their meaning. That comes to us after time. And that may come to us after processing a photograph, but it may also come to us after potentially years of having photographs sort of collect mothballs in the collection before we start to realize that there is a cohesion to some of the things that we are having our eye catch, the how we're catching them. So we come into this photograph or set of photographs later, we have to make sure that we're aware of how we are understanding those photographs and the context to understand those photographs over time. We don't always necessarily know when we click that photograph how we're going to use that photograph, what its purpose is going to be, so to speak. I have photographs now that I'm just starting to understand fit into interesting collections now that I have amassed enough of those photographs, whether it be metal objects found in junkyards, a certain color palette, a certain type of movement. Those things start to pull together and I recognize like, wow, I actually have a lot of very soft, out-of-focus color photographs that are sort of musical in nature to me. But having enough of them is starting to help me understand, wow, this has been a visual journey I've been on. It's been sort of under an undercurrent in the work. 
that's just now starting to come to the surface. If I had tried to figure out why I'm shooting blurry photographs, in the moment the first couple occurred, I could be frustrated. I could also end up in a place where I'm not fully appreciating what that work is about. I might inadvertently define that work too soon. And this is, I think, where the real sort of rubber sort of meets the road in this process. There's a fine line between having the presence of mind to understand your photography and why you're creating it, allowing it to organically develop so that it can become what it's supposed to be, assigning a purpose too soon or assigning a purpose too late. All of those things need to sort of hit on all cylinders for us to really sort of be successful. And I think one of the challenges and one of the reasons why so much of the process I talk about in my mentoring, in my classes, is iterative. Because when we come in and we start to look at, I have the presence of mind to make the click. I recognize and acknowledge the what and the how of the thing that drew my attention. I made that click. And then I'm starting to try to understand what is it about those clicks? Why am I making those clicks? I can tell you that the first assumption I make, and it's an assumption, it's not a fact, it's not a known state. There's an assumption about why I'm doing that. I'm not doing photojournalism. I'm not doing documentary work. I'm doing different types of photography. So I'm not going out and photographing a news story. I know the purpose of the news story when I'm taking the photographs. But in the sort of the more art side of what I'm doing, where it's a little, little squishier in terms of what these photographs might mean, that understanding, that processing, when I come in and I say, my work is about this, the more I shoot, the more I write, the more I expose that work to other people and get language around that, the more that work evolves and changes. That change of evolution, that continual growth as I loop back in and again and again is what I'm talking about when the presence of mind to figure it out later. I have to start figuring it out. I have to start putting context around it, but recognize that I am not gonna get that right the first time. I'm gonna have to make multiple attempts at understanding the why of the photograph. So while I get that what and the how, when I move to the why, the very nature of why is this photograph meaningful? Why is this photograph important? Why ultimately did I take this photograph? And again, I took it because of a what and a how moment, but the why it resonated with me enough to process it, to print it, to put it in a collection, to write about it, to hang it on the wall. Those elements are significant in this process. And if we don't come back in and try to figure out the balance between the presence of mind to click and the presence of mind to the figuring out what the photograph means and recognizing that those are two different stages and that that second one, like I said, is very iterative. What a photograph meant to me five years ago in one context may be completely different in a different context today as it evolved and emerged and became part of a different collection, a different body of work. Once we hone in on the body of work. Once we hone in on the meaning of this set of photographs, this collection of photographs, these 12, 10, 50, 80 photographs that now work together, it becomes a different process then as well, because now we have some clarity of the presence of mind to understand the work, which then sort of flips the equation when we go out to then to have the presence of mind for the click, because we're now working with very specific knowledge of what our goals and objectives are in the type of photography we're making. We're no longer exploring to understand, but we're exploring to fill in the details. 
And that process is something that I think allows us to have the creativity and the flexibility to make more meaningful work, more exciting work, by recognizing that there is a difference between the reaction behind the camera and the reaction of ultimately what we think that photograph's about. Hopefully that gives you a few things to think about regarding how to approach your photography, think about your photography, sort of understanding the difference between the need to understand everything before you click the shutter, becoming paralysis, and the fact that we do need to understand those photographs on some context so that we can be successful in communicating what we want as we tell the stories we want to tell, oftentimes through a collection of images rather than through a single image. Have a wonderful week behind the camera. Thank you so much for joining me again. This is Daniel Gregory. I'm the host of The Perceptive Photographer. You've been listening to episode 465. I hope you have a wonderful week. Don't forget to hit subscribe on that podcast link if you're not a subscriber to the podcast. They are released every Monday, usually Monday morning, sometimes Monday afternoon, usually Monday morning. So make sure to not miss any episodes by clicking that subscribe button. I will see you in the next podcast. Again, have a wonderful week and thank you so much for listening.